Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with the Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or gold star family. 
we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to our Sunday, 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 fun day. Tonight we have a good one. Uh, We have an Army veteran. That I had the honor of serving with, uh, God, when we were both younger, about 10 years ago, uh, at the Fort Campbell, Kentucky. We were both in strike. We were both Raptor soldiers. He was uh, in my orderly room. He worked in the in the orderly room there. He, he made sure uh, everything I was doing was straight there. When I uh, was the acting first sergeant and when I was platoon sergeant, he made sure my paperwork was right so I could get out of there as well. He then moved on to other things. He served a total of 10 years in the Army, completed two combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's a father of the, the angel of his eyes, uh, Riley. He transitioned out of the Army in 2016. He has since worked in law enforcement, became a certified personal trainer, and currently he drives a commercial truck for a living. He has a passion for physical fitness and helping individuals who struggle with mental health because he has been there and struggled himself. So without further ado, let's welcome U.S. Army veteran, father, and personal trainer, Andrew Stull, to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, happy to be here. Quite the intro. <laughs> I, I try, man. I try to make you, make you sound a lot better than you think you are. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, remember about 10 years ago, uh, you and Whamoff did like a, like a Tough Mudder or something. You both got zapped in the water and stuff. And I did. Yeah. I was doing like a half marathon somewhere. You two did that. And. I invited you to come with me, and y'all said, no, we're going to do this tough mudder. And then the roles reversed there, and you said, no, nah, we should have ran the half marathon. Hey, I was determined to do that tough mudder. <laughs> Until you got zapped, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That wasn't the funnest time, but we got <laughs> Like I said, we were both a lot younger and wise, not, not as wise as we are now back then. So we've been through a lot in the last uh, – it's been 10 years since I've actually seen you in person. I've walked, followed you online like I do most of the, the guys and gals I've served with. And it's great to see. I thought everything was perfect with you, too. I think it was two weeks ago when I seen you make that post and you shared what happened with you. And I'm going to let you tell that story. But I want you to tell the audience a little more about you from as far back as you want to go to why you joined the military and then why you became an MP of all things. And then uh, after service, what you've done. Okay. Um, I, my, the reason I joined the military isn't like what most people. I actually, I wasn't doing a whole lot at the time. I graduated high school in 2005, and then uh, I worked at General Motors for a bit, and then I quickly realized working in a warehouse or a factory is not what I want to do. And I had quit the job on a short notice, too, when my father wasn't very happy. And I remember I was staying him with at the time, and my sister had joined the military a few years before, and I was walking down his stairs, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? 
And I remember seeing a magnet on the fridge and it was my sister's recruiter. And sure enough, I called him up that day. And initially I wanted to go active duty, 11 Bravo. Um, <laughs> and he even asked me, mom know about this? And I was like, no. So, um, but uh, at the time I was dating my ex-wife and we kind of talked about it and I ended up going National Guard originally um, as a 74 Delta Chemical Operations Specialist. And I did that for like six months and I was like, I, I want to do this full time. So I joined active duty. She signed off on it and I was in Germany within like a month. station <laughs> had a lot of fun, got a lot of trouble, I was young. Um, and then after Germany, went to Fort Bliss, El Paso, Texas, and that's where I deployed to Iraq in 2011, Baghdad, Iraq. Spent a year there. Um, after we got back from Iraq, from one desert to another, back to El Paso, uh, that's when I PCS. Well, actually, I reclassed. I'm sorry. Let me go back. I reclassed the military police in my transition to El Paso. I originally wanted to be the military police when I first joined the military, but my recruiter kind of talked me out of it. You know how they do that. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so El Paso, I was an MP, and then I got orders to Fort, or, or, I'm sorry, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. That's where I met you. Um, I was already air assault certified, so. <laughs> but I had the option to go to Fort Bragg or uh, Fort Campbell, and I chose Fort Campbell. I was like, yeah, that's a little closer to home. Spent a few years there, deployed to Afghanistan with strike. It was an interesting deployment, um, but always an experience. Yes. Uh, yeah, had a, had a lot of good time. Met, met a lot of good people. Um, from there, I got orders to Fort Riley, Kansas, which was pretty much the death of my military career, as I like to call it. But, um, I mean, it's a fun place, I guess, for some people, but not for me. If you like to hunt, fish, and all that, uh, I don't really do a whole lot of that, but... Um, but I just, I was coming up on my 10 year mark and I had a few surgeries while I was deployed and my, I had a lot of problems with my right inguinal nerve or femoral nerve, sorry. And, uh, I remember the doctor was just like, you know, the army is going through a drawdown right now. I don't even know if you know this, but the army was going through a drawdown and she's like, and if this keeps going to call it, keep causing you problems, we can get you out. And I never, I didn't really think about it initially. And then I just kind of. I don't know. I kept leaving. Like when I got back from Afghanistan, it was when I got orders to Fort Riley. And then I went to ALC and then they sent me on another trip out to, uh, what is it? Barstow for training. And then it, <laughs> and, but I didn't really want to do this anymore. Cause I spent a lot of time going. I had, I had Riley, my daughter and Fort Campbell. And which is why I always said I came down orders to Fort Riley, Kansas, because Riley, but, and I was just like, you know, I think I'm just ready to be home for a bit. And so I kind of made that conscious decision after a while, like maybe I should just get out and move on. I just felt like things were, I don't know, kind of wearing on me, just being gone all the time. I mean, most soldiers could probably attest to that. Being gone a lot is a lot on you. Yeah. So, um, I actually ended up taking a med board um, out right at my 10 year mark. So I didn't get out with nothing. Um, but I, being in the military was probably the best thing I ever did, honestly. And I joined at the age of 19. Um, looking back, there's probably a few things I would have changed, but I wish I would have went military police from the get go. But um, 
uh, yeah, I just, it's probably like the, probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I've learned a lot of things. Um, I grew a lot as a leader and an individual. Um, I actually had, obviously had my daughter while I was in the military and that kind of forced me to kind of, you know, grow up a little bit more too at a young age. And, um, I think to every like young individual I've ever talked to, I've always said you should strongly consider joining the military. It's probably the best decision I ever made. Um, got out. Uh, 2000, December 2016, um, when I got out, I originally had pl uh, plans to go with law enforcement um, down in uh, Fort Campbell, actually, not Fort Campbell, but uh, Clarksville, for the Clarksville Police Department. I actually went through their whole hiring process, and I got a conditional offer to go down there and work, which is crazy because not a lot of people know that either. Um, but about a week before I got the conditional offer, I had found out my mom had stage four lung cancer. Oh, man. So, and that was the year I got out. Well, six months after I got out, I found that out. And then about a week after I got that offer, before I got that offer. So I had some thinking to do. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to leave my mom up here, you know, because I don't know how much longer she's going to be here. Um, so long story short, I ended up turning down that job and I took a job up here working at the Montgomery County jail, did that for a, a little bit, maybe about a six months. And then I got an offer to work as a department of the air force civilian police officer here at Wright Pat. So I took that job. Um, I'm gonna rewind just a little bit, but towards getting out, I kind of noticed things in my head were not. I, I don't know, they just started going down a bad path. And that's part of the reason I got out, not just being gone all the time, but I realized my mental, it wasn't, it wasn't all there. I was struggling mentally, but it's like, I didn't want to tell anybody. And then, so you add all these mental issues that are starting to pile up on top of getting out. And then there's just a lot of stuff going on and a regular transition for a regular person getting out of the army is hard enough. But then, you, you know, I was already going through this stuff and I didn't want to tell anybody. And I got out and then I quickly realized how alone you can feel once you get out of the military. And people tell you that, but you're not, you never really know until you get out how lonely it can feel out here because it's just not the same. You don't have that brotherhood. Maybe in LE you do a little bit, but even then you go home at night and it's just, it's just not the same. Um, so I was already in this kind of bad state of mind. And then I found out my mom had lung cancer. And then she died Christmas Day, 2017, six months later. After she, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 2017. Um, she passed away at 2.20 a.m. Christmas morning. And like I said, I was already kind of going through some stuff. And that was just like icing on the cake. And I remember telling my brother-in-law, I was like, you know, I don't really know how I'm going to take this because I've never lost anybody that close to me. But I was like, but I, you know, I don't know. I'm just like, I told him I'm not like a lot of other people. I just, I think I'll be fine. Like I'd be, obviously be sad, but, and boy, was I wrong because I took it hard, but I took it in a different way. Like, it's just like, I don't know how to explain. I don't know if you've ever lost someone. I'm sure you have. Oh, you have actually. And it's like she was here one minute and gone the next and my mind couldn't comprehend that and that was my mother that raised me so you add that to all the other stressors i had going on in my head already and i kind of just really started spiraling out of control after that and i had a lot of things leading up from my childhood that happened to me that not a lot of people know about but it came back i almost felt like it all came back at once 
between all, you know, to the transition out, kind of feeling alone, I'm losing my mom, and then all these stuff, like, it was, I mean, it was PTSD from my childhood that came back, and it all just hit me at once, and I was just in a, a really bad place. Um, I started making bad decisions uh, along the way uh, that I'm not very proud of, but, I mean, it is my past, and, you know, you can't change your past, but you can change your perspective on your past, um, but I was so far gone in my head, I didn't really... I don't know. Looking back, I'm like, man, I, what, what was wrong with me? But, you know, that's just, that's mental health. You know, sometimes you just, you don't know. And I, the more I thought about it and the more I just felt like I was disconnected from everybody else and that nobody cared. You know, you hear that a lot. Everyone says, oh, nobody cares. But there, in reality, a lot of people do care. Um, but I didn't think anybody did. And I was working at uh, the Air Force Base as a Department of the Air Force civilian police officer. And I don't remember why, but I just woke up one day and I was just like, I'm done. I don't even want to be here no more. And <clears throat> sorry, it's a little hard for me to talk about when I'm talking about it live. But uh, I remember I woke up, I was driving into work and I just took my cell phone and chucked it out the window and said, I'm, I'm out of here. Wow. Uh, it was a rough day. And no lie, I actually that day. I was so far gone. And if, if anytime you need to interrupt or ask me anything, let me know. Sorry. I don't I'm want to get a break here because I know you're getting a little choked up right now, but you went through a lot in a, a little bit of time from the time I left you till, till that time right there. I mean, 2013, I think I left, I PCS out of here. I went up to Maryland and then I think you, you went, you did the 2014 deployment from here, of course, with a, uh, with strike. So you got to go on that, uh, that show over there. I think you were in Jalalabad and stuff over there. Uh, so you had a, you had a deployment. Yeah. You, you had, you had Riley. So I never, I never met Riley. Uh, I, I'd seen pictures of her online, of course. And I seen you become the, the police officer at uh, Wright Patterson, but I've just following you online, like a stalker, like uh, daddy stalking you from, uh, from afar, make sure all my minions are doing good out there and doing great things. And we don't see the things like you said, that brotherhood in the military, we had that brotherhood where if I come into work in the morning and you're fucked up and you're feeling bad, you'll tell me, you'll say, Hey, sorry, I don't feel good, man. Something, something this happened at home. This is, gonna, this is fucking me up and uh, messing me up. And I need to really, I need help, but you don't have, like you said, when it's hard to explain what goes on when you leave, when you take the boots off that last time and you don't have that brotherhood, you don't have that camaraderie that you always had for that, like for you for a decade, for me for two decades, you don't have that person that you can lean on right away. So all that mounts up. It mounts up. And I can see where it mounted up on you a lot. And I can tell just by the way you're talking right now. And I can tell you're breaking up a little bit. And that's why I'm trying to give you a break here to catch yourself and drink a little water, do a little flexing or something, and uh, make make yourself feel better. But, in the, but I've seen, I've had other guys on the show here, uh, three dudes uh, that went through the same thing you did and, uh, I'm going to let you tell the rest of the story, then I'll tell you what happened to them as well. But I just want to applaud you for being here with me today and also tell you that you're not alone in the battle. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so that morning, I kind of just, I was fed up, and I just said, screw it, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And before I left my house, actually, uh, I had a MP, uh, MMP pistol, 9mm, and I went and grabbed it. <clears throat> and put it in my bag and like i said i threw my cell phone off the window so nobody could contact me and um I drove out to a place called caesar's creek 
and it's just there's a lot of what's well it's actually a lake a smaller lake but it's but there's a lot of woods too and my plan originally was like well i'll just walk out there and then i'll just it'll be over just like that um so but i mean but it was the day was a little crazier than that because it started my day started at four in the morning i was supposed to be at guard mount i think at five and the crazy thing about it is i didn't show up in our our commander was given a brief that morning and they kept harping on everyone needs to be there on time. Everyone needs to be there on time. Well, I didn't show up at all. And my, um, my, I can't remember his name, but he was my, basically my patrol officer. He was a civilian and he realized I wasn't there. And then about 15 minutes, he's like, Oh, this guy's still not here. What the heck? So they went captain and my captain was like, don't you think that's a little out of his character? He's always here um which he was like so we need to do something so they sent two officers to my house actually and my ex-wife was up i think she just got out of the shower and heard the knock at the door and the officers knocked on the door and she opened it and they're like yeah is andrew here and she's like no he's at work and they're like oh okay so they didn't want, i guess they didn't want to scare her or anything but so they called my captain or like his wife thinks he's at work and um she called my sister from what i believe from what i've heard um and my sister knows me very well she knows everything about me she we we're really close when it comes to this type of stuff um and i tell her everything and she, when she called my sister my sister was like she's like hey two officers just showed up looking for andrew and she's like he's supposed to be at work and i don't think he's there and my sister the first thing she said was go in the closet and check and see if his pistol's in there and she did she's like it's gone and so my sister got off the phone called the centerville police department called the sheriff's office my work and everybody and their mother was looking for me apparently and meanwhile in my head i didn't think anybody even knew i was missing and a bottle of alcohol to kind of numb the pain a little bit uh when i sat out there at caesar's creek for like i don't know like an hour just really just sobbing because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wrote a note to my daughter. I wrote a note to my ex-wife, which I don't know where those are today, but I think, I think someone has them. But yeah, I wrote a note, basically a goodbye note. <clears throat> I did drive. I drove to the hospital twice and I sat in the hospital parking lot contemplating on going in, but I just, I was just, I was, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there. Um, <clears throat> So I drove back out to Caesar Creek. It was a it was a long day of just contemplating everything, and then finally I just said, "Screw it! I'm I'm doing this. I've already committed. I'm doing this. I'm going back out there." So I wrote those notes, left my truck windows down, left my lights on because I figured eventually someone would see my truck out in the middle of nowhere with the lights on and the windows down. Notes in the passenger seat. Took my pistol and I walked out to the wood line with no intentions of returning. <clears throat> I sat there for probably probably another hour or so just contemplating everything and how I got there. And I remember I was just like, God, just give me some type of signal. Give me something to hold on to, you know? And I remember when I bent down, my keys were like jabbing my leg or whatever. So I was like, I pulled my keys out. And when I did, this little small compass came out of my pocket. And that compass was my daughter's compass she gave to me when she was in church. And I kind of took that as my signal. And I was just like, just go, just go home, Andrew. And, I, and obviously, I really, after that, I really started thinking about my daughter. And I was like, ah. So I drove back to the hospital. 
somehow mustered the courage to drag myself in there. And I remember walking up to the front desk and the lady was just like, can I help you? And I couldn't even get a word out. I just kind of kept turning my face from her. And she, she was like, are you okay? And, and I was just like, give me a second. And then I think she realized very quickly what was going on. And she came around gave me a hug and took me into the back and started, uh, brought all the other nurses in. And then they were all very, I think Miami Valley, I think they were all very comforting staff, but they brought me in there and they were like, you're doing the right thing. Everything's going to be okay. It was a long day, <laughs> and then, um, but I'm here and I'll be honest with you. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know how I would ever, ever get in a place like that again in my head with the person I am today. Like I, I said earlier, I had uh, three other men that came on here, all the combat veterans like yourself. Uh, the other three were all Marines, so you're my first Army guy to come on and do this. And every one of them, when it came to about the time they were going to uh, call the call the day for their, for their lives, there was a sign, a symbol, a signal, like you, for the compass. One of them thought he heard his, his son talking to him as he was about to pull the trigger. His son was nowhere near him, but he thought he heard him, so he stopped. One, one he seen, he heard a noise that wasn't. There was no noise. No one else heard this noise. It made him stop. But everyone had an intervention, kind of like you did, that said, "Hey, look, I have other better things to live for in life." For you, it's Riley, and I don't think it's just Riley. I think it's you. Know you have a purpose now, uh, as you move forward to help others, and to show her that you are you are the man that she looks up to. Absolutely. That's what I've always been told. You find your purpose in life and it gets a lot easier. And I think that's finally kind of what happened. I mean, looking back, I mean, it's like, man, you have a kid, Andrew. That, that, And me and my daughter for a very long time were inseparable. Like we were inseparable. She would sneak out at night with me and eat Pop-Tarts on the couch at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm noodles in the middle of the middle night. She'd sneak on my side of the bed and cuddle up next to me until her mom would wake up. And she'd be like, get out of here. And then she'd be like, dad, come sleep with me type thing. And then like even visiting me, like when I had my own house and all that and me and her mom separated, it was like she would she'd cry because she didn't want to leave. Um, <clears throat> and I, I loved it, but I hated it at the same time because I hated seeing her cry. But I also loved that she loved to spend so much time with me. Um, but and it's not just that, but it's just even then I, I still was trying to find my purpose in life. And then I realized really quickly, I love helping people. I just do. Making people laugh, it makes me happy. Making people smile, it makes me happy. And then, so that kind of, well, obviously I love the, the physical fitness world and I really just got into that last year and it kind of took off. And then I realized, I was like, you know, if you like helping people so much and you like making people laugh, you like making people feel good, maybe you should try training. And so I did, I started it temporarily December last year and it was, I was kind of busy with regular work then too, but it's just, you know, it, it's something that brings me joy and physical fitness brings me joy. And just, like I said, making other people happy brings me joy. Uh, I think uh, about a half a year ago, I had Raymond Bird on here. You remember him from the unit? And oh, yeah. He was, going, yeah. And he was going through a bad time and he posted something on Facebook just like you did. But I made him go on live that night. Oh, wow. I made him go shock and awe that night. And I had him on there. I had one of my friends called in to talk to him, and it helped him so much. Now he's just like you right now. He's a he's a running enthusiast. When he, I, I first met him, he hated running. I'd make him run in, in the middle of the desert in Afghanistan at 3 in the morning, and just I'd talk to him the whole way. 
kind of like I did with you guys when we were running in the platoon. And I'd, I'd run with him, and he would just, just begrudgingly do it. But he started to get better and better and better. And now he's a marathon coach. So he's he's doing great things. He's a, did a, a whole flip side now. He's, he's amazing, doing amazing things now. And he's a co-host sometimes on the show. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember he had the real thick accent, didn't he? Uh, not really. He well, he's southern, you know, so he's he's a Cleveland guy. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, Jersey accent. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was nowhere near Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now you, you got your certified uh, personal trainer license. Are you gonna make that a business or, or online business live or? I do have a, a whole web page dedicated to that, and yeah, I just started getting clientele uh, recently. Had a few. I was kind of just doing it on the side type thing, but the ultimate goal is I've always said, I mean, I just want to do something that I'm passionate about and make money doing it. I think that's what everybody should do. You know, the money is going to come. I feel like, but I just, I, this is what I'm good at. This is what I love to do. So why not, you know, why not just try and, you know, it's so far, I mean, it's, I've just started, but I mean, I have a few clients already and I feel like, the, there's not much of a ceiling for me right now. And I feel like, and I, like I said, I'm a year in, um, I got another, I got a competition coming up, uh, October 7th that I'm competing in, which I have a coach for. Okay. Um, and I just, you know, it's just, just one of these things that it's, I, it's my purpose in life. And I look through most people like, Oh, I don't want to go to the gym and all this. And I'm like, well, I think about, <laughs> you know, most, I got home on a Friday after a long week at work. Most people are like, oh, I'm going to crack open a beer and just chill out. Me, I'm like, no, I'm going straight to the gym. But, are you going for your IBFF, uh, like a uh, amateur or pro card this time? Or how you, how's it steps up? I, pro, well, that's the ultimate goal. That would be awesome. My coach is a pro. Um, but yes, eventually I would love that. Um, but like I said, I'm still very new to this and I'm, I'm learning. Um, I'm learning a lot and, but it's crazy because I picked up a weight a year ago and I would have never thought I'd be wearing today because not, not, I've had a few different pros reach out to me and tell me, and I'm, I'm thinking they're just, you know, blowing smoke and they're just like, nah, man, you look really good. You know, you, you can tell the people that really take it serious. And then it got to the point where it's like, one of them reached out to me and was like, well, let's go practice posing together. And I'm like, really, you would do that for me. And then my coach now, you know, he knows like my situation when we first started wasn't the greatest, but he was willing to work with me. And because I think he sees the potential in me. And I'm just like, man, this is like the brotherhood of maybe I was missing type thing. Cause there's a guys in the bodybuilding community and there's a lot of people that just want to see people do good. Definitely. And uh, my brother chimed in after that Jersey accent comment. He said, what's wrong with his Jersey accent? But <laughs> he's, he's my consigliere on YouTube. He, he boots people out when they, you know, say dumb things on YouTube, but he's always listening, listening to key things like that to help you out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he had blonde hair and he had a real thick accent. He was in our battalion. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about, uh, I can't, name, not, name's coming, not coming to me. I can see him though. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> we had a couple, yeah. A couple <laughs> characters I'd <like> call them. <laughs> so where do you see yourself in, uh, say, five years? Five years from now, honestly, I would, I want to have my own personal training, like my studio, I guess, gym, you would say, okay. just a place that I call my place and that, and I want to have the clientele, the steady clientele, and I want to make an impact. I've always said, it's not about, you know, a flat real flex. It's not like how much money you make, but it's how many, how many lives you can positively impact. And that's what I want to do. I want to be to the P 
people to want to come to train with me and I make their day better just by, you know, giving them the best physical fitness they can receive, advice they can receive, nutrition, and just building people up. I'm always about building people up. And so I would like to have my own place where I train full time and that's what I do for a living. And um, I just, you know, I think that'll make me happy. I know we talked in the in our brief uh, pre-show stuff that you're in Ohio now, the O-H-I-O stuff. So I know you, can, you guys can spell up there that at least one word Ohioans can spell. But uh, I know you said you also are, are open to move out, but you're staying there because of Riley, of course. And where do you see that gym being? Do you see it being in Ohio or you maybe one of the sister states right around there? Wherever God takes me, honestly. God, there you go. <laughs> I got I got a, well, I don't know if I can give shout outs on here, but there you go. shout out to Lindsay Ray. She's, uh, she's been a big supporter of mine uh, as of lately. Um, I've been, I've, you know, I still go through a lot and, you know, she's been there a lot for me and, you know, you can always tell when someone's real and I've got plenty of friends like this too, but you know, when, when I guess in the dating world, when you don't really have a whole lot, but, but those women are still around to, you know, to build you up and help you out. And she's been one of those uh, people. And she also encourages me to go after my goals, like I said. Um, but she lives, she also lives in Georgia. <laughs> so I don't know. Jim will be down there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, wherever God takes me, you know, I, I want to be close to my daughter. I do. Um, I always want to be around her. Um, but she is going to get older. And she, it's already to the point now where it's just no longer cool to hang out with dad all the time. <laughs> And she's not a teenager yet. So. <laughs> Get her nails done. She wants to do hey, stayovers. And I'm just like, okay, well, what am I, chopped liver? Yeah, you, you can't to the bottom of the barrel now. So once once they get there, it's over. In teenage years, you're done. Except for the, the where's your wallet, Dad. But you, you'll get through that. <laughs> yeah, I'll get, yeah. I don't know. It, it breaks my heart. I've been through plenty of breakups, honestly. And I'm a pretty resilient dude. But I tell you what, um, the one thing I've never been prepared for is my daughter getting older and not wanting to hang out with me as much. I'm just like, ugh, this stinks. See, we went through it with my daughter. We kind of went through this uh, since I was gone so much during her formative years, I kind of say, uh, growing up like, like where Riley is now, nine years old, basically through the, the end of high school, I was deployed most of the time or gone. So I wasn't even home. And so I, I missed a lot of stuff, but. Now we're closer than we were then. After she got married, now we go we go to lunch every Wednesday now, just so we stay in touch. And she just started her own fitness business last week, or actually two days ago. She actually officially started her fitness business. So she oh, nice. she's in the same path as you right now. So it's awesome to, to talk to you about it as you're growing yours and she's growing hers. It's it's great to see it all happening at the same time. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's the goal. Maybe one day. I mean, my coach, he does pretty well. He's got a lot of clientele, and it's, he's really someone I kind of look up to. I mean, I just met I met him, too, but I'm like, man, this guy's good. And I'm like, who's that? I can't be that in three, four years, you know? So that's the goal. Do you think you'd ever uh, maybe write a, a memoir or a book about what you went through to that point to maybe reach more people, reach, reach more, teach more? Um writer but uh actually i don't know i've been told that i'm pretty good with words but um i would like to honestly i mean not even just the physical fitness part but so obviously i have a strong passion for mental health as right. well 
And I've always thought too, I mean, like how awesome would it be to be to go out and talk to soldiers and tell them your story and, you know, tell them like, listen, if you, whatever you're going through, it's okay. I promise you, cause I've been there and you're going to be okay. And, but you know, I just, I would love to be able to go do that as well. So if, if that opportunity ever presented itself, I would do that as well. Writing, I don't know. I would try, I could try but I, it's not much of a writer. See, here's the thing. You don't have to be, uh, I guess, the best writer to Shakespeare or whatever like that, but it, just to tell your story, write what you write, what you went through, write your story, your journey, and share that out there. You can just put a, whatever picture on the cover you want to put on there. It's going to help one dude or one dudette out there if they read your story. Not a lot of people will watch our, uh, listen to the YouTube or whatever. They may not listen to this and hear your story or look at your Facebook. But if they see that book on there and say, oh, I survived this, I survived X, you might save more people that day. 100%. Actually, you know what's crazy is after I posted that, my old lieutenant um, in Iraq, she sent me a book about a guy who's a uh, Marine recon sniper or something, I think. I haven't started reading it yet, but she sent it to me, and he basically tells his story and the battles he had with PTSD and depression and all that. So, See? Reach one, teach one, man. And that, that's what that's our whole goal here at the Misfit Nation is to reach one, teach one. And I hope that there's a listener out there tonight or, or when I put this on the podcast apps that listens to, to your story, Andrew, and, and says, look, I... I have people out there that love me. I know there's people in my circle that do love me. I'm not alone. I need to keep living and keep moving forward. Right. Yeah. And it's it's crazy, though, because once you're in that mindset, you know, it's kind of hard to get out of it. That's the hardest part about it. But there is so many people that do care and you just don't realize it. And, you know, and that's that's the part, like, like you said, reach one, teach one. You know, if you could just get that one person to kind of make a change or to get them to realize listen snap out of it type thing yeah definitely definitely and and always check on your brothers and sisters that you serve with as, as much as possible i mean i know we're all going nine thousand different directions now because it's so easy to go with that many directions with the interwebs and stuff like that but it even if we're going that fast you still need to look, reach out and say hey how are you and yeah. that's all it takes to keep someone with us Absolutely. I got a few of those buddies right now. My lieutenant, she's definitely one of them. She checks in on me here and there. Um, she and I'm, I'm grateful for that because she's she's always tells me how proud of uh, proud of she is of me and all this and vice versa. So it's just like you said, you don't have that out in the civilian world. So it's always good to keep in touch with those people and making sure they're doing okay. Definitely, and that's why when I seen your post, much like I did with Bird, I said I got to get this dude. I got to I got to strangle him and then bring him back in and give him. a Give him a bro hug as, as as quick as possible. Because I was just up by Wright Patterson with uh, Jake, who's online right now as well. Uh, about a month and a half ago, we went up there to, t to train some National Guard soldiers up there as well. That's awesome. We we get to travel a lot for whatever reason to to train soldiers as they get ready to go into harm's way. But they 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 like our our teaching, I guess. I was just telling somebody about you the other day, actually. Oh, look at that! Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> Andrew, any final thoughts? How do people get in contact with you? Do you have a website up yet or no? Uh, MS Fitness. Um, I think it's got my email on there. I mean, they can get a hold of me there. Shoot, I think it actually has my number through the WhatsApp app. You can text me through there. I try not to put my regular number out there, but yeah. Uh, 
fitness goals, mental health, you name it, I'm here. And it's a, it's the same thing from my regular social media. I've had a lot of grown men reach out to me and you would have never thought, you know, these guys would, someone like that would reach out to you, but someone once told me that, Hey, you have no idea the people, the lives you affect just by being who you are and, you know, being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. And uh, it could go the opposite way, you know, people judge, but it's fine. Cause if I can touch that one person or I had reach out to me, and, you know, say, hey, I mean, I appreciate you. And, you you know, you helped me out. That's that's the stuff I live for. That That's that's what it's all about right there. And uh, that's part of the leadership you learned and that you grew to learn through your military service and to look look out for others. And obviously. When we're in the in the heat of the leadership thing, we don't look out for ourselves enough and we don't learn that until later in life to look out for ourselves. So gratefully uh, that you're doing it now and. Uh, you're going to be here for Riley when you get to walk her down the aisle, uh, hopefully many, many years from now, not not too soon to now, but many, many years from now. <laughs> and uh, you can make sure that you uh, do that little litmus check, the checklist, make sure that that dude or dude, whoever she winds up with is is perfect for her. 100%. Any last thoughts you want to share with the audience? I don't think so. I think, uh, I mean, if I give one more shout out. <laughs> you, you did? Give me shout outs, bro. Give another shout out to Michael Gruber. He's a good friend of mine. He's been there a lot for me as well. And my best friend, David Garner, I don't know if he's watching tonight. I, th I think he knows about this, but he doesn't have a Facebook. So I don't know if his boss watching with him. But there are also two individuals that check on me very often. Michael Gruber is actually a veteran as well. Um, so he, he knows the drill um, and he knows, you know, what all the stuff you go through. But, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to those people. And I think that's it. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you again for agreeing to come on and share your story with a wider audience uh, about Face Radio. You probably got about 3000 listeners on there around the globe right now. And uh, YouTube, uh, 1200 listeners at least on there. And then when it goes goes live, you're going to be pretty, pretty popular in India, have a pretty uh, Big fan base in India and Nepal for some three dudes in Nepal. So you'd be famous there as well. I, I really appreciate you having me on here, honestly. I really do. Anytime you need something, man, just reach out, man. Just I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm able to talk to you no matter what what time or day, you know, same as it was when we we're wearing those crazy uniforms. But I'm still still alive and still doing it. Look great. All right, brother. You have a good night. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 